0: Time for From the Bench with Bench, a special edition Bulldog Valley, a recap of last week's Highland Game, Valley Conference Recap, and a look ahead to this weekend's game. Welcome to week three of the Highland Valley Recap Show. Denny Rittenhouse along with Rodney Knackstad and Rodney Highland gets back on the the winning track with an impressive win against a fun game to watch too with a uh, Mattoon Green Wave. 44 22 in that game
1: yeah you're right it was a fun game uh it was fairly close all the way highland you know tacked on a couple scores late uh the interception from uni helped obviously and uh, highland corrected a lot of the things they need or obviously they worked on some of the things that they had trouble with the week before
0: yeah they did man Uh, uh there was some uncertainty heading in because uh, two of their main running backs in the first two weeks, Jack Nimmo and Dylan Beadle, did not suit up on Friday night. And so it was going to be curious to see who stepped up to fill those gaps. And uh, two guys jumped out at us, and uh, we discussed them both for Player of the Week here uh, a little bit ago, uh, Tyson uh, Rakers and and
1: Hunter Fry. Both had uh, quality games on the ground. You, You know, Beetle and Nemo not dressing may have been a, a blessing in disguise in the fact that now they know they have two more guys they can count on. Now you got four guys. Yeah. And uh, how do you? Yeah. No team's going to be able to key on anybody. Yeah. Fry had had some trouble
0: getting his uh, running game going. He, he's been effective in the passing game, but uh, he got it going in the running game. Finished with 124 yards. Um, uh, in total, and and uh, on the running game, Rakers also goes over 100 yards with uh, eight carries for 103. Fry was on 12 carries, so both of them averaging over 10 yards a carry, and that's uh pretty special when you get a first down every
1: time you hand it off. Yes, it is, and uh, as you stated, it was just a uh, such an exciting game, especially when it was going back and forth a little bit. You know that that when they returned that kickoff for a touchdown, it's like, oh, man, this is going to be tied all the way. And then Highland eventually, uh, they controlled both lines of the scrimmage. Yeah, they
0: did, did control the line of scrimmage very well, which was a, a reverse of what happened in week two up there at, at Muhammad. And so uh, that paid dividends for, for Coach Warnicki's squad uh, Friday night. as they got that running game going, total they go uh, over 300 yards of rushing on the ground for the, for the game. And uh, Blake Jelly also m- nearly getting 100 yards uh, with 82 yards on, on 21 carries. Um, and he had 121 yards in a touchdown uh, passing. So so the offense was uh, back in gear uh, Friday night. The defense played very well. Um, a couple of the scores, one was on the special team's, um, uh, like you said, the kickoff return after Highland opened up with a, a – Touchdown drive and, and scored, uh, missed the extra point. They returned the kickoff and kicked the extra point, and Highland found themselves down uh, seven to six in uh, in a heartbeat. And so, but they didn't uh, panic. They regrouped and they had a, another nice drive. And it was a little give and take, that whole yes. first half. And I'm uh, I was, uh, I'm still buzzing a little bit over the hook and ladder play that, that um, Matt Toon ran. It they, they was perfectly executed.
1: It was, and it's kind of hard to sit there and, and uh, fault the defense for that because you and I had talked off air how that's a play you usually see desperation play. It's uh, the right. time's running out, a kickoff, and they're trying to do a hook and ladder. The execution on that still amazes me. The timing of the back coming out, because it looked like he was yeah. going out for a pass. Uh, yeah, He just kept running hard. He did. Uh, I,
0: I was watching him, and uh, it was a uh, – I thought he was going out in the flat. You That's know? what I, I thought. And that was going to be the release. And he took off down the sideline, and, uh, and uh, the receiver flipped it to him perfectly. So, so just a, uh, a fun play. Didn't hurt Highland in the end, you know. Um, um, and so – so it was kind of neat to see. And like you said, it wasn't a desperation time. It was like I think second and ten or something like that. And uh, uh, so, so they executed. But Highland didn't panic. Came back and, and really got control there late in the uh, the first half. And um, we're we're pretty much in control the second half. Mattoon tried to keep it close, but uh, the Bulldogs. Had enough answers, so we'll go with Hunter Fry and our Player of the Week, and just a um, visit back to Week Two, and uh, we we had agreed that that uh, McCartney Crow uh, edged out uh, Wyatt Render for for the uh, Player of the Week in there, and a, a tough game for Highland, and we forgot to mention that last week, but McCartney had a great game. Um, him uh, and him and uh, Wyatt Render both on defense just were outstanding. Right. So and so so that's uh, that's where we'll go. Um, um, Tyson Rakers right there on the edge with uh, with us this week. We'll give the nod to Fry, and uh, um, get ready for next week's game. But uh, before we do that, let's look at um, um, the rest of the Valley Conference. Um, it was a tough week for for the Valley. I don't know if you saw much of a uh, recap there, Rodney, but Highland uh, was the lone victor.
1: Well, uh, we said you know they've. A couple of them, uh, us in the Apollo Conference, which is tough, and a couple going across the river. Tough games there.
0: Yeah, and, and then um, Alton makes me look like a fool. I, I said on the air Friday night, I said, I expect Triad to blow them out. No, no, no sir, they come back and uh, score with, them. I think it was just around a minute to go in the game, and they they defeat the Knights 28-24. Um, I mean, a surprising game to me because Alton's had uh, some off-field issues going on in the community there and a lot of distractions. They didn't look very good in the first two weeks, but uh, uh, they apparently got some focus against the Knights and were able to come up with the victory. Uh, So Triad finds themselves one and two, as does um, uh, Moscuda, who who took it on the chin last, last week. They were one of them. They went across the river. And take on Saint Dominic, and uh, they they lost that game. Actually, I think that game was at Moscuda, but but it, it was a uh, that's Highland's opponent next week. Always fun when those two get together. Um, and it, it's almost desperation time for not quite at one and two, but Mascuda needs a win now to to, to kick off conference play, and Highland obviously would love to have that win as well.
1: Yeah, nobody wants to start a season off one and three, or as Highland did one and four, and have to come back. That you know, Highland uh, did it, but you mentioned it on, on one of the earlier podcasts. Basically, for Highland uh, in week six, they're. Their playoffs started. It was playoff for them all the way through because they couldn't afford another loss. Right, you get to get to that one and four uh,
0: mark, and that, that becomes your playoffs. And uh, hopefully, we don't we don't hit that edge this this season. Um, still a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde with Highland. They're, they're young and growing as the season goes, but a, but a lot of positives come out of the game the other night uh, against Mattoon to help them prep for this uh, Valley Conference. Um, elsewhere, uh, Roxana, I, I think one of the better small schools in the area this season. They put a hurt on CM as we suspected. Um, it was a 48 to 6, I think was the final there. and the shells looked to be a, a power in that class uh, 3A4A uh, range where they'll end up, but uh, uh, they hand it to CM uh, who comes back down to earth after a 2 and0 start.
1: Well, we had mentioned that, too. Anybody looking is going to say, what the heck is going on? CM on top. <laughs> yeah. At
0: 2-0. Yeah. It, it, it was a bit topsy-turvy. Now they're still on top, the tied with Highland um, at 2-1. At and one. Jerseyville loses big to Charleston. Uh, the Panthers struggling to find some traction. Uh, they are 1-2. and two. Triad 1-2. and two. And Waterloo loses to St. Mary's, uh, another team across the river. And um, – um, The Bulldogs fall to one and two themselves uh, on the season, so tough night for for the Valley Conference um, over the weekend. Now, before the weekend got started, um, this town was buzzing. Uh, We talked about it on the air Friday night, but um, uh, still a bit of an NFL hangover uh, working around the city. Um, with the uh, effort of Sam LaPorta um, and the Detroit Lions on on Thursday night. But it was fun talking to people before the game and after the game Friday night, Rodney. uh, Yes. That's all anybody
1: wanted to talk about. And, uh, you know, what surprised me is how many people noticed, not just his catches, the key block on the touchdown and several other key blocks that he had during the game. So it shows Highland knows their football. They know that a tight end has to be able to block. And he did a great job there, too. Yeah, it was fun to see. I was watching
0: um, ESPN over the weekend, and um, one of their NFL shows, Dan Orlovsky, one of their analysts, was breaking down the Lions, and he did a segment on just that on the Porta. And he he had glowing things to say about Sam and um, pulled out some slow-mo highlights of his blocking, uh, not just on that game-winning touchdown there, which he uh, was instrumental in, in uh, um, a humongous block on that play, but he had a couple <laughs> yes, others earlier in the game. That, yes, he did. That uh, Orlovsky um, um, highlighted, and so it, it was really a thrill to see them talking about him in such a positive manner after his NFL debut. Uh,
1: so I, I think is long, and, and I know Sam. Sam is even keeled. Sam is just a nice person. Nothing's going to go to his head. He's going to keep working hard, and I I, I look forward to, to watching some more exciting plays from him as the season goes on. Well, it's going to be a
0: blast, and uh, that that was um, you could just see the the genuine happiness. We talked to um, uh, Jim Warnicky senior before the game, and um, um, he he was just a um, a glow uh, when when talking about it. Same with Jimmy, his son. Um, yes, uh, he was really thrilled with uh, everything. Um, that transpired on, on Thursday evening, and uh, people in the booth um, we're talking about it, and it's just it's just a, a very positive buzz and vibe going around town with that. And it's going to be a I think a pretty heavy Detroit Lion <laughs> fan base uh, for for the remainder of the season here. I, I totally agree with you, Denny. I was getting texts as the game was going on, some from people out of state that uh, I haven't talked to in a while, and. Uh, uh, they were they were like, hey, isn't that that kid you were talking about? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, sure was. And so so that's a lot of fun. Uh, it was you know, fun
1: being in the booth while he was in high school and calling his games. If you got it close to Sam, he held on to it. Uh, yeah. it was amazing what he could do. Uh, get open, yeah, be, the, be in a crowd and jump above and hang on to the ball when he came down. Uh, yeah, a yeah. lot of fun to to watch him in high school too. Yeah, yeah, it it, it certainly
0: was and. And now, you know, he had five receptions on five targets. Um, You know, that's not easy to do in in the NFL. And it's really, I mean, uh, uh, no knock on the Iowa. Well, maybe it is a a knock on the Iowa quarterback play the last two years. He had had Stanley was a good quarterback his first couple years, but they really struggled at the quarterback position and had one of the worst offenses as a result with uh, the positive being uh, Laporta, and, and he, he still managed to put up uh, school record-breaking numbers with poor quarterback play, and now he's getting a taste of what um, uh, that excellent quarterback play looks like, and, and Jared Goff is, is a very competent NFL quarterback. He's been to a Super Bowl. Um, he's been uh, on winning teams in the NFL. and so uh, he's not the superstar that he played against um, Thursday night and Patrick Mahomes, not by any stretch of the imagination, but something Sam has never experienced at that elite level.
1: Uh, totally agree. And uh, you know, golf, he's another one though that, uh, as you said, he's been to a Super Bowl. And what I like about him is uh, he, all the teams he's played on, he looks for the opener. He doesn't just pick one receiver and, and stay geared to them. With some NFL quarterbacks that have their favorite, they're going to try to force it in sometimes, and uh, Jared won't do that. Yeah, yeah, he's he's matured in that sense. I um, mean, he's been in the league for,
0: what, six, seven years now. Yes. So, so yeah, you, you expect that kind of – uh, play from a quarterback, a seasoned veteran like that, who, who has started uh, his whole career. And so so that's fun that, that Sam got um, uh, onto a team that has that veteran leadership. Uh, but their youth, their, their rookies really came to play Thursday night. When you talk about Jameer Gibbs um, getting the ball, what a threat he'll be as the season matures. And then on the defensive side, Branch gets to pick six. And um, um, you see, the, and no, this was no fault of Mahomes. Oh, that ball uh, was right in the hands of the receiver. He just simply did not catch it. It popped up and Branch was right there to, to get the easy pick six. And then uh, uh, Jack Campbell, uh, Sam's teammate up at Iowa, who was taken in the first round, uh, had some significant playing playing time and had a key pass block uh, that that thwarted a, a Chiefs drive. And so, so the, the, not only are the Lions exciting and uh, one of the up-and-coming teams, but they could be even better than people think if this draft class um, continues to show what they did in week one. They were.
1: The whole group did well, and you are correct. Who knows
0: where they may go. Yeah, so that that'll be fun. It's fun. You almost feel like you got the NFL back in St. Louis, don't don't you? <laughs> Just because, yeah,
1: having a hometown uh, boy on uh, on on the team with the Lions. You're right. That's who everybody's going to because we don't have a, a team anymore. Right. Nothing wrong picking the Lions now.
0: Right. Right. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's been a heavy Green Bay. Uh, crowd in this town for for a while, so it, 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 but uh, uh, I think we'll see a few more in Lions jerseys uh, floating around town now. Uh, back to Earth here. Yeah, uh, <laughs> a little off track, you know. <laughs> Just slightly, although that's, that's kind of on track. Uh, we go to Muscooter Friday night uh, against the Indians, and what a rivalry this has uh, really um, blossomed into here in the last few years uh, between these two.
1: It has. They've both been playing well for the last several seasons, and uh, we mentioned it before. Jimmy thinks Mascoutah is going to be one of the teams to beat, and uh, you mentioned it. You know, it's always been Triad, Highland, Mascoutah the last several years, and Waterloo. You never know.
0: Yeah, um, uh, Mascoutah will will really be focused this Friday, and uh, these two have had a lot at stake every time they meet in in these in these last. Few years and just when you think the team that should win um, doesn't. And uh, that was uh, no truer than, than last season's uh, postseason game when Moscuda came up here and uh, snake bit
1: Highland in round two. Uh, this, this is isn't. honestly getting to be almost equal to the Dragon rivalry. It's not far off anymore.
0: Yeah, it really isn't. When in, in, um look at the game, the, the quality of games that uh, Highland and, and Muskoka has had, I, I, I'll say, going back the last five or six years. Uh, prior to that, I think Highland kind of had their number. They had the whole conference number. Uh, yeah, this for, is true for a good stretch there. But, but. uh uh, this will be a, an interesting matchup because uh, both teams are still really trying to figure out who they are and what their identity is for, for 2023. We think we got a glimpse of it with Highland and, and their strong running game the other night, but uh, uh, we'll see with the tougher competition uh, coming up Friday night on, on the road. Uh, Jimmy has said, you know, one of their goals is to take care of business at home or 2-0 at home. Uh, and pick up a win or two on the road, um, if possible, um, and, and uh, that is their path to
1: postseason. Correct, correct. And, uh, you know, you know Muscoot is going to be hungry now that they're they're coming off a loss. Um, Highland played well, so they should be confident going into this game, and they know their opponent this time, familiar with them. So, so it, it should be a really good game.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I'm uh, confident, but I, I think um, – with the a, a memory of what happened in week two ever present in their in their head, uh, so so I think confident,
1: uh, not cocky. Yeah, right, <laughs>
0: exactly. And so so I think that'll be a uh, should be a good combination uh, heading into that game, and we'll, we'll kind of see
1: uh, how. And I was just going to mention, Denny, that uh, Dennis uh, Workler wanted us to mention he was unable because of some technical difficulties we had getting on there. He was not able to record. Uh, last week's game, last, this past Friday's game, but is planning on recording the Muscuta game.
0: So, so we'll look to get that um, on the air for you uh, and uh, look for the broadcast times. Uh, this um, airs every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday on BulldogRadioHighland.com at 7 o'clock in the evening, so, so you can uh, set a little reminder to uh, kind of catch this show on, on those days. Uh, you can also catch it on From the Bench with Dench podcast, wherever you get your uh, streaming from, like uh, Apple Music or Spotify or Amazon Music and uh, any of the streaming services for, for your podcast entertainment. Just search From the Bench with Dench and uh, you can pull up any, uh, any of the episodes, and, and including these uh, uh, Highland Valley. I think I call it Highland Valley and I call it Bulldog Valley Is sometimes. Uh, we'll, we'll get it straight. It's a work in progress. Uh, so, um, but uh, uh, as we head into to week three and conference play, um, Highland going in at 2-1, and one, and we'll kick it off with Moscuda um, and then after that, do you have the schedule? I, I, had, a, I had a towel uh, sitting here, but uh, uh, it'll be conference every week until the last week of the season, uh, in which uh, we go up to Decatur, St. Teresa. Um, for the final non-conference game, that's that's okay, Ronnie. You know, don't say. I, up, but, I did not you know, print it out you know, yet because my
1: my printer wasn't working. Now it's working, and I still didn't print it out, so that's my fault. Well, <laughs> I hope you
0: get a chance to um, <laughs> uh, listeners get a chance to get out to uh, Bulldog Stadium this year. They had the scoreboard running. One glitch during the game, but no nothing major. Uh, but the the scoreboard looks beautiful. It adds a lot of flair to the. To the atmosphere
1: it does but don't expect to see any replays because uh the the, the high school associations really don't like replays yeah <laughs> it kinda puts their officials on the spot
0: yeah and it's probably a good thing and that can can cause some uh consternation the, on either side line. exactly
1: um, exactly
0: and, do, it, and it could uh, also rile the crowd up um, one way or the other and and, and that's a uh, uh, either a fair or unfair advantage to uh, either side. So well, that's I probably the best thing. A lot of
1: concern for the ref's safety then after a game because uh, we've, we've heard a lot about officials being right. attacked after games anymore. And uh, that's it, a sad thing, but it's, it's a fact. Yeah,
0: it happens, and uh, uh, fortunately, it didn't. The other, I didn't even notice the officials, and um, so so. Yeah, that's, that's a good thing. thing. Yeah, that's usually a good thing in a football game, and that uh, you, you don't really notice them that much, and so so that was a good thing Friday night. Um, so so Friday night, I think it's a seven o'clock kickoff. Now, Bradley, the last time I called a Highland Mascoutah game was um, two thousand and seven. Oh, my. It would have been Jake Odorizzi's senior season, and uh, it was an exciting game. I forget the name of the receiver Mascuda had, but he was a kid that went on to play college ball at Tennessee, a very good athlete. Um, So it was an intriguing matchup, and Highland won it on a last-second touchdown pass with Odorizzi floating across the back of the end zone, had to leap to make the catch, and came down and twisted his ankle and um, there was a bunch of uh, uh, people holding their breath because they knew at that point in his uh, young baseball career what a golden arm he had. And so when he came down hurt, uh, there was a, um, he did not play the rest of it. I think this was a week six matchup. And uh, he did not play the rest of the season, but he did dress. And Hyland uh, made the postseason and then – and. Round one of that, uh, he did dress, um, and it was up at, uh, ironically, Mattoon. uh, And Highland uh, had a first-round matchup against the Green Wave on their field. And um, uh, older Izzy dressed and played the whole game, but he was out there as a decoy only. But they had to respect the fact that he was on the field, and so uh, uh, Coach Ron Holt was – uh, wise to use them and Highland was in that ball game and there was a little controversial ending to it with um, Highland uh, down two at the end of the game and scoring a touchdown um, to, to get him within two and they went for a two point conversion I thought he got in they ruled him not. the refs conferred, conferred for, for about a minute and a half and decided nope he didn't get in uh, game over Mattoon wins and, and that's usually
1: not a good thing if you make that call you make it and make it like you're confident right because once you huddle up now you put that doubt in yeah. everybody's mind of yeah. whether he did or didn't get in
0: so it was a, a tough way to end uh, uh Rizzi's football career and i believe he had a, a standing offer from louisville as a football um, player and so uh he, he after that senior season in baseball when he went just listen to us talking about all these pro athletes from from I in Illinois, but uh, Jake obviously, uh, for uh, passed on the uh, football career and uh, made the wise choice, um, getting drafted about the same spot in the baseball draft that Sam got drafted in the football draft, right in that thirty to thirty-three uh, area, and uh, he's going on to have a, a fine major league baseball career. So maybe we'll see somebody flourish on the field for Highland this Friday night. That ten years from now we're talking about and. Uh, um, saying, yeah, you remember that game, yeah. You well, just I mean, never know. And now the now the you know the the table has been set. The standard has been set. Uh, these kids can look back and no.
1: And uh, well, Jeff Hartlett, he's up with Miami right now and uh, just had an outing that he did really well in. So yeah, yeah. I just read an article on him uh, the other day where he uh,
0: had an appearance with Miami and he was going against a. Uh, I think his first name is Drew Millis, a Belleville East graduate who was making his major league debut and um, uh, with the uh, Washington Nationals. And his first uh, game was against Jeff Hartland was, was pitching, and that's who he, he got a hit off, Jeff. Jeff ended up... Um, um, that was the only hit he gave up, in that three-inning outing. Yes. and um, um, But it was kind of cool that two locals ended up, they were actually teammates in, in college. And then and, face uh, each other. Face each other and uh, uh, do good. So so yeah, those, those standards have, have been set and it's something for the kids to achieve. And it does have an impact. I was telling you Friday on the air that um, um, even the, uh, the, when we saw the, the young cheerleading group out there performing at halftime, I relayed a story where, where my niece was talking about when she got to do that, and she said, and it was during Sam Laporta's senior year, I got to cheer for Sam. <laughs> and so, you know, no, so you kids, remember kids remember those things. Kids will remember those things and and, uh, and put that two and two together of how special that is. And so, I think we can end on that note, Rodney. Um I look forward to this Friday night's game uh, over in Muscuda. Always fun when those two get together. Anything uh, to add before we wrap things up?
1: No, I just look forward to uh, broadcasting the game with you and uh, hope Highland plays just as well and is fundamentally sound because they only had four penalties this past week. Actually, there were only ten in the game. But, uh it explains yeah.
0: why we didn't notice the officials. Exactly. You know, and So, so they kind of let them play and uh, hopefully we'll get some more of that this week up in Muscoota. So join us on the air at bulldogradiohighland.com uh, Probably about 6.45 or so. Uh, we'll, we'll take the pregame and uh, get rolling at 7 o'clock. Uh, thanks for tuning in to Highland Valley, Bulldog Valley, wherever we land. <laughs> and yeah, we'll do it again next week. Good night. This has been From the Bench with Dench, Bulldog Valley. Hope you enjoyed it. Tune in each week and all season long.